0: You're listening to The Hungry Soul with Rachel Foy, covering all topics from spirituality, mindset work, beliefs, relationships, food, body image, business, money, self-expression, and more, helping you become a soul-fed woman. Hello there, gorgeous, and welcome to episode 83 of The Hungry Soul podcast with your host, Rachel Foy. How are you doing? I hope that you are well and that you're looking after yourself, taking care of yourself in whatever way, shape or form that might appear to you. It's interesting actually that self-care has come up quite frequently with a few of my clients this week so I'm feeling a need to just expand upon this message ever so briefly before I introduce to you the next guest on the show. I think as women we often find it really hard when it comes to self-care because there's something in that about being selfish or it's somehow greedy of us to want to prioritize ourselves, which is a bit ridiculous when you think about it. However, I do also know that when it comes to food obsession and body hatred and just feeling that we need to be less of who we are in terms of dieting, a lack of self-care is actually really relevant because when we're not fully taking care of our emotional needs, and our physical needs, and our spiritual needs, it's really easy for food to just become the thing that we go to. So if you haven't yet got yourself a copy of The Hungry Soul, the book with the same name as the podcast, then I really want to invite you to just go and have a look, have a little read-through what it's all about, and get yourself a copy because this is my mission. I'm here to help 1 million women free themselves from food obsession, body hatred, and dieting by 2025. So, the Hungry Soul is all about helping you to find your freedom from all of that stuff, along with emotional eating, binging, food obsession, food cravings, not feeling good enough, feeling that you need to slim down, and just not feeling very good about who you are as an individual. So the book's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Indigo Books and all reputable booksellers and you can also find all those links directly through my website over at soulfedwoman.com forward slash book, okay? Right, I want to introduce to you now today's guest and I'm so flipping excited to share this conversation because we need more women like Nicola. This is the delightful Nicola Salmon. Now, I came across Nicola, as I tend to do with most of my guests, through some mutual connections. Um, I reached out to her and we had a really instant connection because her message and my message were on the same page. So Nicola is a fat positive fertility coach and she supports fat women on their fertility journey without judgment or without dieting. Nicola is also the author of the Nurture Fertility Journal and the upcoming book, Fat to Fertile. People like Nicola, I will support them until the end of time because this message about empowering women regardless of what body size they have, this is what I'm here for. And you will also hear in this interview that both me and her get really emotional because we're so passionate about helping women realize that it doesn't matter what size or shape their bodies are, they are worthy, they are deserving and they are already enough. Enjoy this one guys, I promise you you will. And here she is the lovely Nicola Salmon, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm really well thank you, how are you? Oh I'm very good and I'm so flipping excited because I know what we're about to talk about now. (laughs) Um, So as I was saying in the little introduction part uh, which you won't have heard because it gets edited in afterwards, um, I found you not that long ago, we had a very quick conversation literally days ago i brought you on the podcast because what you do in that world of ours is so important and it's a massive kind of passion subject for both of us so before we kind of delve into some of that stuff do you want to give yourself an introduction nicola as to well who you are and what are you doing in that big wide world of ours yes
1: yeah, so my name is nicola salmon i live in surrey in the uk with my husband and my two little boys And I am a fat positive fertility coach, so I help fat women all over the world get pregnant without having to go through dieting, without forcing themselves to exercise, without feeling crap around their bodies, and just flipping the idea that fat women can't get pregnant on on its head. Oh, amazing
0: Can, I'm, I'm guessing everyone listening now is like I so understand why Rachel brought her on <laughs> like yes of course passion subject to mine okay so oh, I'm kind of conscious of how much time we've got I could probably talk to you about this for like days and days
1: Me too. however
0: I know exactly however let's kind of focus on something specifically. So I always ask my guests before we delve into anything as to a little bit really about their backgrounds, because I can tell that this is something that you're passionate about. Um, like your eyes light up when you're saying it. And I know from our conversations, it's like, Oh, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So how did you end up doing what you're doing now? Cause I'm guessing that there's a bit of a background story to this. There is. So, It's a few twists and turns, as all good stories have, but
1: it really started when I started my own periods at 13. I had really irregular cycles, basically maybe had two or three periods between the ages of 13 and 16. And after a few trips to the doctor, I was eventually diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is super common. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a metabolic and hormonal condition that loads of women suffer from. just means you get irregular periods. And the classic kind of the classic PCOS is this um, image of overweight women who get irregular cycles, who have bad acne hair in fun places. Um, And the doctor said, you know, this is what you've got. And it just means that you won't ever be able to have children, which at 16, obviously it wasn't my top priority, but it was a bit of a shock. And looking back now, it did have quite a big impact on, my self-confidence my grades went down from there I you know didn't have any confidence in my body in myself and you know it meant that I didn't pick boys that I liked to go out with you know I didn't think that anybody would find me attractive or want to date me or marry me or have you know because I couldn't have children yeah it was this you know looking back now there's this whole real plummet in my self-confidence and my abilities you know of what I thought I could achieve and who I thought I could be so post that I kind of carried on with the things you're supposed to do you know I went to university I got a degree I got a job um eventually I did meet my husband which was um obviously a good plus point um but then when I was living in a part of London that was a little bit dodgy um a guy got shot outside my flat and I witnessed the whole thing whoa And I suffered from PTSD because of it. So it meant that I struggled to leave the flat, that I had nightmares about it, that I had to take some time off work. Um, I tried antidepressants and therapy, but nothing really helped me. And it was just a coincidence that I was walking past the therapy place one day, decided to go in, asked them what might help me. They suggested acupuncture to me. I did a course of six sessions and I felt so much better. I was able to go back to work. I was able to, you know, get on with my life, feel better. And just, it made such a positive impact on my life that I decided to train as an acupuncturist. Amazing. So it was that real, you know, horrific incident that had such a positive impact yeah. on my life. Um, I went on to train part-time while I was working as a naturopath and an acupuncturist. And then once I qualified, um around the same time we were my, me and my husband had decided that we wanted to start a family and I was expecting it to be so difficult as expecting to go down the IVF route and for things to be really, really hard for us, but it wasn't hard at all. It was super, super easy for both me, for both of my boys to be conceived, even though I was at my heaviest weight, you know, I was like clinically obese on the BMI yeah. scale. Um, even though I was still having really irregular cycles, both boys came along with no effort on our part and that was what really pushed me into moving forward with this work it's like well if it was so easy for me why why is it so difficult for so the women and why is there such a culture around getting pregnant when you're fat that you know that is so wrong and so you know, some of, some of the stories I've heard, women have told, been told by their doctors that it's unethical for the doctor to help them because they're overweight. Oh, my word. Um, and it's, you know, this, there's such a shame and judgment and all these horrible emotions around this topic. Yeah. Because this is just the one thing that these women want most in the world is to have their family. And they're being made to feel like they're not worthy of being mothers, that they are, you know, wrong to even want this desire. Um, And it took me a little while to kind of to really embrace this work because I was so afraid. Um, You know, I was still on my own journey of recovering from yo-yo dieting my whole life um, and trying to achieve that perfect body that society places on us and expects us to achieve. And it really wasn't until my son, you know, I noticed that he was really watching me and watching what I was doing and copying me that I realized, you know, if I'm going to have this really bad relationship with food and with my body, that that was going to then propagate and that he would have the same problems. So I chose to put an end to it with me. So I chose to not weigh myself anymore. I made a promise not to diet again. And that those two steps have really helped me to Believe that actually, you know, I am worthy right now in this body that I'm in, and I don't want to pass like all the language that I spoke about yeah. food, all the, you know, the things that I would say about my own body. It was just kind of so deep in me that it was only when I was starting to become more conscious and more aware of it that I was like, oh my god, this is just this is an epidemic. It's just everywhere, you know, in everything that we see you know media billboards television books uh, it's yeah. just everywhere
0: deeply ingrained but you said but you said just kind of um so, well interrupting but backtracking is ever yes, so you kind of said like when you can see both of your boys with ease so actually mm. all those suggestions that have been made to you for like years none of it actually ended up becoming your reality And then off the back of that, you then realize that maybe there was something in this for you to start helping other women about. But in order for you to do that, you had to start walking the walk, which meant actually really embracing the fact that. And I'm sure you don't mind me saying this. You are a plus size woman. You are a bigger woman. Mm -hmm. and, And actually for you to actually own that and acknowledge that is now allowing you to do what you're now doing which you said you created a hashtag which is it fat fertility matters yeah so you're walking like you're owning the label fact which i know so many women listening to are like oh that's a really bad word to use and you're using it to your advantage because you're calling your women towards you which i freaking love like this is the conversation <laughs> that we need it's just a word it means nothing but we start to give it so much meaning
1: well it's just this Completely demonised. Now I still remember in like the late 80s and the early 90s where eating fat was this crime that you committed. Yes. You know, you had to cut off every single piece of fat from the meat. And you couldn't have like full-fat dairy. It was all like low-fat spreads and low-fat yoghurt. Fake and stuff. It, Fake stuff. Yeah. yeah cool. <laughs> um, and that's, you know, it's just got bigger and bigger and bigger, and you know, like every fat is such a demonized word nobody wants to be fat it's something everybody fears this idea you know even you know i talk mainly to fat women who um are struggling but you know this affects normal sized women normal in bracket inverted common sized women as well because they've got this fear of being fat and it's seen as this you know like the worst thing that you could possibly be Um, because it means so much about you. It means that you're greedy. It means that you're unmotivated. It means that you're this horrible person. But actually it's just a load of bollocks, like none of it is true.
0: <laughs> it's, it's true though, isn't it? It's like, I've asked my community countless times over the years, like what's their perception of being fat? Because I mean, you mentioned dieting already, but like that diet obsession is coming from the, well, we're weight obsessed because we live in a fat phobic world and we cannot deny that. Or certainly a fat phobic culture on the Western Absolutely. side. So whenever I've asked people like, what's your perception of someone who's fat? compared to someone who's slim, the use of language is just so extreme from one to the other. Like Mm. you said, slim people are perceived as being more successful, more lovable, more worthy, more deserving, more this, more that, compared to fat people who are lazy, who are, not as successful like not as like it's ridiculous and this is such a deeply ingrained problem and you just use the word epidemic like this is not just something that only affects a few people this is so deeply ingrained into every single thing that is actually existing within our culture that these conversations these these need to become non-negotiable like people like you and I need to be standing on our you know respective platforms and saying look this isn't okay and we need to start giving voices to women like you who maybe have been told by doctors because they're a certain size they're not allowed to have children and they won't get the help that they need until they go on a diet and that's all the advice they get yeah
1: they go and see their rock up and go and see their healthcare professional it's lose weight and then i can help you you know there's no are you ovulating? You know, What do you know about your cycle? Because there's, it's there's so, so much more complicated. Our bodies are incredible. Yes. And they do these intricate, complicated things. It's not just a case of you've got fat cells on your body, therefore you can't get pregnant.
0: Or therefore there's you, nothing
1: I can do to help
0: you. Which when you put it that way is absolutely ludicrous. It's like just because someone's got more fat underneath their skin, oh my goodness, please everyone that's listening, just kind of listen again to what Nicola's just said. Like... The logic of it is just, it's not there. Ugh. Anyway, I'm kind of digressing. <laughs> I'm getting on my ranty, my little ranty soapbox. So so there you are on your journey. Mm-hmm. You've now gotten to this place of having your two lovely little boys. You've realized that it wasn't that difficult. You've probably now made the connection of, hang on, maybe this is what I'm here to, to kind of do for the women. So how did you actually feel? And you've kind of already touched on this, but to actually acknowledge that this is what you wanted to do. Like you wanted to work with other bigger women, other perceived fat women, obese women, particularly around this subject of of fertility. Like you said, it, it felt a little bit uncomfortable at first because mm. you had that fear of, I mean, what was the fear about actually? Tell me. So the first,
1: the first fear was like, oh no, I can't do this. You know, like who am I to stand up and say this stuff? You know, I don't know enough. And we always feel like we never know enough. There's always more we can do. There's always, you know, like, I feel like I had to, well, go and do a degree in like eating disorders and go and do a degree and yeah, you know, at every size and, you know, all this stuff, all these barriers that I was holding myself back. And another real fear was that if I stood up and did this work, that I would have to stay the same size. So I would have to stay fat to be talking about this work. And that was frightening as well, because inherently it's like, it's been such a placed upon me desire to be a certain size that it's really hard to let go of that it's really hard to and it's almost like grieving process of letting go of this ideal life I've I'd been mm. achieving and trying to aim towards for my whole life of this you know well when I'm a size 14 or when I'm a size 12 I'll be able yeah. to do this I'll be able to do that and as much as I've let a lot of that go now there was still that niggle in my head of like well what well, well, does that mean I have to stay fat? Does that mean I have to, you know, live in this body for the rest of my life? And what if what if I lose weight? Does that mean that I won't be be a fat positive fertility coach anymore? It was so ingrained in my identity. So many
0: layers, isn't there? Like so much depth to it. it it's, it's just insane
1: that I had this fear that I couldn't do this work because of my body size. And it's, you know, of course... you it's yeah there's so many parts of that that I've had to dismantle and come to terms with and just embrace and just get on and do it anyway because the world's not waiting people these women are struggling with this now and I've had so many positive messages from women who've been like thank god you know I'm so glad to I found you because nobody else is talking about this and there is just so much shame around this that it's these women are
0: struggling silently because they don't feel like
1: they can talk about it because there's no one to listen.
0: Yep, absolutely. And I think that's really important thing for them to, to sort of know really that you, well, you're on their side, aren't you? Like ultimately you are mm. that, that voice, that face, that, that person who's saying "Look, I know that you've been told this by the doctors and the people in the white coats who allegedly are meant to know more than I do. Yeah. However, We can disagree on that one. Um, However, I believe that I can potentially help you because actually when you think about your story, and I know that you and I spoke about this last week when we had a quick chat, that suggestion that was made to you at 16 years old that because of your PCOS, because of your size, you would never have children. Like that is such a powerful statement to make to anybody. And and correct me if, if I'm wrong, but I'm guessing a lot of the women that come into your world, they've been told multiple times that Mm. conceiving will be hard they won't be able to unless they lose weight they can't get pregnant Mm -hmm. so those suggestions in terms of how that affects their body that's everything
1: it is and it's such a huge block for them and they just can't see a world where they could get pregnant at the size they're at even if they have like friends or relatives or they know people who are in larger bodies who've had children there is this mental block that they experience where they just cannot see
0: a life where they have
1: children in a larger body
0: yeah it's really upsetting isn't it like when you actually kind of think about it that that kind of literally putting aside a whole section of our community and going well you're not worthy of having kids and we're not going to help you until you physically manipulate the body that you have like it's wrong on so many moral levels and yet it's socially accepted that that's what we do
1: yeah and it's you know it's just everywhere it's every it's not just doctors it's it's new it's every kind of health professional that that is supporting these women and it's the really scary thing is that then these women feel like okay, well, I have to lose this weight. So they're going to go on the crash diets. They're going to go to the gym every day and restricting your calories and putting that stress on your body is so detrimental to your fertility. Well, it's, it's counterproductive, isn't it's it? It's the worst thing that you can possibly do because your body's like, hang on a minute, I'm either in famine or I'm being chased by a tiger and of those things a good time to bring a baby into this world so let's divert all our energy divert all our resources to keep us alive right now Mm. which of course is so intelligent of your body and thank god it does that but it's not it's not going to get you closer to having a baby
0: absolutely so I'm going to kind of delve into actually how you help your women in a second because I know everyone listening is like, tell me what you do. Tell me how you do this. <laughs> tell me the how. But that that mind-body connection that we're kind of touching on a little bit already, it's like if someone's been given that suggestion that they can't get pregnant because X, Y, Z, when you're actually working with your with your women, is a big part of your work about helping them I don't want to say accept because a lot of women find it really hard to accept bodies. So it's more about maybe body neutrality in a way. But I'm guessing that a lot of your women kind of come into your world almost hating their bodies or fighting their bodies or feeling that their body's letting them down. So it's very much that negative, critical, judgmental Mm -hmm. energy, which, again, arguably is very counterproductive to to being able to conceive. Is that right? Definitely. I mean, anyone who's having fertility struggles
1: has that hatred towards their body and they feel like they're fighting it because we're told that being mothers is the most natural thing in the world and it's what our bodies are made to do. And when your body can't do that, you kind of lose sense of identity, you know, like, am I not even a proper woman? Am I not, mm-hmm. you know, if I can't be a mother, what place does that leave me in society? You know, there's a, it's a really big question. And then for women who've already had this self-hatred, Yo yo cycle most of their lives if they're overweight it 's just that extra level of self hatred it's just this utter disgust of your body and if you are hating on your body every single day if you are telling your body how much you hate it and how awful it is and how disgusting it is it's not creating a nurturing environment inside yeah. it's not create it's not a space from where you want to create a baby you know you want your baby's first home to be this most loving nurturing beautiful place but in the same breath you're telling your body and telling yourself how much you hate yourself it's just this real kind of juxtaposition of of
0: emotions absolutely and even just you saying that like i can feel you know i can feel that kind of that different well it's the energy of it Mm. isn't it it's like you can feel the energy of a woman who who is in that place of hatred and and self-disgust and i'm Again, just sort of drawing from my experience, there's likely women who, a lot of self-blame, it's yes. like, oh, I caused this to myself because I can't stop eating or because I can't stick to the diet. So, I mean, self-blame is such a, is such a self-destructive emotion, like kind of eats you from the inside. Because mm, they feel like they could have done
1: differently. They feel like they should have lost the weight at an earlier point in their life, or they could have looked after themselves more. They should have done this and they should have done that. And they they feel like it's all their fault they feel like it's you know and that's why they struggle to ask for help because they feel like they deserve it they feel like this is their punishment for for eating and for for feeding themselves when actually you know that that desire that innate desire to feed yourself is the only coping mechanism they know so they are just looking after themselves but but the world doesn't see it like that. The world sees it as them being greedy and lazy and unmotivated and all these things that that means that they are. And it's, yeah, it's just this place of just utter despair.
0: Oh, I'm kind of, I'm almost holding back the tears here because I'm a mom as are, as of you. I've worked with many, many women over the years who are that woman that you now work with. So I'm so glad that you are now in my kind of circle because that kind of self-hatred, self-disgust, judgmental comments and criticisms and just, just the added challenges that these women have, Mm. okay. So I'm so, I just want to say this publicly. I'm so glad that you have actually stepped up to what you were supposed to be doing because women need you. Like this is, this is incredible work. Anyway, before I burst into tears (laughs) on my own podcast show, let's kind of pull this back in come on Rachel you can do this bring it, so, bring it on exactly so let's say then that there's a woman who kind of finds you and I know that every single woman that you work with will be obviously very different but is there kind of a general place where you start with your women like with your work like what's what what are, the, what are some of the main things that you start helping them move or shift or reframe So
1: the first thing that I tend to do with women is just to go into those beliefs and what they really believe about themselves, what they believe about getting pregnant, what they believe about being fat and just really delving into kind of the foundations of, of their belief system and the things that are going on in their head on a daily basis. So I have this little tool that's just like, so you know um, if you do like um, mapping, like mind mapping, yeah, I call it belief mapping. So you have all these different boxes that are like, things I believe about being fat, things I believe about getting pregnant, things I believe about my body, things that people have told me about my body. And then we just kind of go through and really dig deep into what those beliefs are. And even just acknowledging them, even seeing them on paper and really going into those things is profound you know like realizing that these things are in there and how deep they are is such a powerful exercise and once you kind of have that blueprint and that map of what you think is going on you look at it and you're like well oh my god of course i haven't gotten pregnant because because i think all this stuff every single day and these thoughts are going round and round in my head on a loop every day so then we kind of go into you know taking really small steps as to how we can start to dismantle these beliefs and how we can find evidence that support what we want to believe rather than these kind of ingrained beliefs that have been passed on from other people or from society or for wherever they have come from. So that can be, you know, that in itself is just such a powerful exercise.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm guessing that a lot of your women that come into your world, some of them have probably never really done this kind of stuff before. Am I right to no. assume that?
1: it's yeah it's definitely an alternative you know they're so used to yeah the diet and changing yeah. their movement and but actually starting to look at what's inside yeah can be very new and and quite uncomfortable sometimes when you yeah,
0: start absolutely. with work but i'm i'm also kind of imagining quite a lot of them almost get that light bulb moment of oh my god like i'd never fully realized how much I don't like my body, how much I feel that it's let me down, how many beliefs I have that are stopping me from having this to be easy. Mm. So that in itself, like you said, is a really powerful step for them or to start taking their power back, isn't it?
1: It really is because we, you know, with our health, especially in the UK where we are at the moment and we have a free healthcare system where we just expect our healthcare for free, we give that power away. We really give it to the healthcare professionals who are providing our care, they make the decisions for us. We just follow along and do what we're told, because that's how it's worked. That's how yes. it's always worked. Yeah. So it's yeah. Once we start to do the work for ourselves and to really take back back ownership, it's so empowering, and you can see the effect that it has on your life. And you're like, okay, well, I I can change things in my life. I have that power to change my thoughts. I have the power to change my habits and how things run in my life. I don't have to stay in the same pattern every day, day in, day out. Yeah. And once you get that in your head, the world's that you know, there is so much. And once you release yourself from that energy of having to diet all the time and the, the amount of energy emotionally and physically that takes, then it's like, you've got this whole new leap <laughs> of life. The things you can do, you're like, oh my God i've wasted 20 years of my life dieting
0: i know and honestly so i'm kind of smiling because that was me as you know and that's probably a lot of the women listening are like yeah that's what i've done Mm. that um that conversation around food though because you you kind of said that some of your women that you end up working with might have might have gone down the route of trying to lose weight or maybe they've kind of gone to see like nutritionists or Mm. dietitians um Suppose that could be argued that that's one of the same thing, but how do you navigate that conversation of women that obviously come to you, but they still are like, Yeah, but if I was 10 pounds lighter, I still think it would be so much faster for me to conceive. You know, that's not true, so do I. But how do you navigate that conversation?
1: So it's really about taking it away from the weight loss. So I ask them not to weigh themselves, I mean, they have a choice, it's meeting them where they're at. So if they feel that they can go without weighing themselves because it is addictive. You know, having this, some people weigh themselves one, two times a day and it, it is an addiction and it is this breaking this habit. Um, so if they can go without weighing themselves, awesome. But what we do is we take it away from the goal of weight loss and really just look at what are the goals they want to achieve in their life. So, you know, it's there's always this focus on food and exercise to get healthier. But our health is determined by everything in our lives. It's not just... What we eat and how we move. It's our relationships with people. It's our work. It's our hobbies. It's how we prioritize our own needs in our life. So, we do a whole health question there to see everything that's going on, and then we really look at what's important to them, what they want to prioritize, and how are they going to make their lives better? Because when they're in a place where they are feeling good and feeling better about their bodies and have more energy to move and are feeling, you know, like they've got something to live for and something to look forward to again then this is a place where we can start to see that their energy is going to shift and they're going to feel more creative and having a creative energy is obviously beneficial for
0: creating new life Absolutely. I am um, I love replacing the word health with well-being like whenever anybody starts throwing around the whole health debate about but I need to be slimmer to lose weight for my health blah blah blah. So like let's take the word health out of the conversation and let's throw in the word well-being because that is like you said it's mind body spirit. It's mm-hmm. it's not just that measurement of like the health thing. Um, and that makes so much sense, you know, a woman that's in that place of feeling energized and alive and more connected to what she's doing. Mm. Of course, that's gonna be more of an ideal environment to create life compared to that place where she's been. It's like, it sounds so obvious when you say it that way.
1: It's, yeah, I mean, and it is, it's, it, it can be that simple. I mean, we always expect these things to be complicated. Like if you've been trying to conceive for a long time, you think it's gonna be complicated the answer, but really it's just, going back in and just really getting in touch with your body and figuring out what your needs are and how you can meet them because all we have is now like we worry about the past so much and we worry about the future so much but those things neither of which we can control all we have is this moment so if we can enjoy ourselves and live our the best we can in the now then the next now so the next moment and the next now and that all
0: kind of will follow on but we just have to worry about what's going on right now no absolutely and that that whole kind of i mean the mind-body connection it's it's something that i'm super passionate about Mm -hmm. with my work because you can't when you know it you can't unknow it you know and it's like that that connection between our thoughts and our beliefs and how we feel about ourselves and then the energy that that puts out it's Yeah, like when we start focusing on that, that's when that's when the magic starts to happen, which is obviously what you're doing. It's you're helping these women with magic.
1: (laughs) It's like this positive
0: reinforcement. As soon as like
1: you get into this rhythm of like looking after yourself and looking after your body and your mind and your spirit and then it just all like has this positive effect where you're just like swirling up rather than yeah. this kind of negative spiral which we're so used to being in where it kind of all goes downhill absolutely
0: so I'm I'm kind of curious Nicola what's been mm. what's been the the feedback so to speak because obviously you're now stepping into this role of fat fertility matters you're being very open about the whole like body image kind of conversation have you been met with like positivity have there been any like criticism because this is this can be uncomfortable work for people like you and i because we are going against the norm and we do sometimes have to put up with the people who are like that's not true what you're trying to do is not true like people need to lose weight so what's what's been your sort of yeah feedback so far
1: so it's been mixed i won't lie (laughs) i have had some some trolling on instagram and people have told me that i'm not worthy of being a mother and how dare I have children and yeah 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 yeah. I know like oh it's someone told me that it's a good job you did have children because if you had to go through adoption they wouldn't let you adopt at your size um yeah I mean some people are really vicious and I just feel I feel sorry for them that they have to do the things that they do to feel better about themselves and so I just block and delete I mean that at the moment that's how I deal with it
0: best strategy block and delete yeah. don't feed don't don't give in to them
1: and i've had a couple of healthcare practitioners reach out and say you know i don't think you should be doing this work because people really do need to lose weight and otherwise they're putting their children's health at risk and blah 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 blah, blah. so i've just kind of politely ignored it um but yeah overwhelmingly positive for the fat fertility matters campaign which has been incredible i was kind of bracing myself for some trolling, but it was so overwhelmingly positive. So many women reached out and were so grateful to read something about that, to see it on Instagram. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of kind of the big body positivity Instagram accounts shared it for me and they were just like, just so grateful to read this in kind of media of any sort. So it was, yeah, I was just so
0: ecstatic that it reached so many people and so many people resonated with it and i think whenever you start to get that um well you you sort of said about the trolling and stuff Mm. i think that also just shows that you are onto something because change isn't going to happen unless we start changing the conversations and pushing the boundaries and that is going to upset people and probably annoy people because that's about them challenging what they believe to be true so yeah keep doing it That's what I say. (laughs) Keep doing it. (laughs) You know, you've got my back in anyway. Okay. So we could literally keep talking about this for days. However, (laughs) I am looking at the clock thinking we need to kind of wrap up very soon. So before we do, if there's a woman listening right now who maybe is struggling with like unexplained infertility, it's been banded about it's because of her size and she's been listening to this what kind of one thing would you like her to know you
1: are worthy of being a mother now it doesn't matter what your size is it doesn't matter anything about your previous history or your health or anything you are worthy of being a mother now
0: I'm going to burst into tears again today. I don't know if I've got PMT or whether it's just uh, talking about babies and children. And, and I know that this is such a big subject for so many women. So, oh, goodness me. Okay, where can we find you? So give us all of your details. How can we find you in that world wide web? So I'm most active
1: on Instagram and my handle is fatpositivefertility. And my website is nicolasalmon.co.uk
0: amazing for anybody that's watching this video on i think it's on youtube um, nicola's links will be below if you're watching listening sorry on soundcloud her links will be on that too and on itunes you're gonna just have to run over to your phone and type it in um okay listen we are going to wrap up but i just want to thank you honestly for first of all being here and for Mm -hmm. secondly actually doing this work because I know it's not always easy, and as I've said, if I can help you or support you in any way, you've completely got my backing. Um, it's just, it's just work that really needs to be out there in the world. So thank you very much, Nicola.
1: Thank you, Rachel. Bye. Bye.